Yechezkel chapter 12. So we completed the section that talks about the Shechina, God's presence departing from the temple. One might say the temple has been destroyed, depleted, even before the temple is destroyed. In chapter 12, we move to a different topic. In chapter 12, it's the port Yechezkel, word of God came to be saying, Ben Adam betoch beitameri ata Yosef. Ben Adam, human being, as is commonly, term that's commonly found in the book of Yechezkel, mortal, you dwell in the house amongst the rebellious breed. Beitameri. Asher enayim lehem lerot v'lo ra'u, aznayim lehem l'shmar v'lo shameu, ki beit merihem. They have eyes but do not see, ears to hear but they do not hear, they are a rebellious breed. So it's not about the inability to hear, not about not understanding. Also, we find that expression in terms of not understanding. Here we understand perfectly well, they refuse to listen, they refuse to hear. They are a rebellious breed, Beit Meri, and we had that term earlier in the beginning of Yechezka. In fact, we remember that Yechezka was told not even to speak to them, but to carry out certain actions to be assigned to the people. And here in that chapter as well, Yechezkel will be instructed to do certain things. So in verse number three, So Yechezkel was told over here, get yourself gear for exile. Go into exile by day, before their eyes, they will see you. And you should exile yourself from your home to another place. Before their eyes. Perhaps they will see. Perhaps despite the fact, before they are a rebellious house. Again. Take out your vessels with you, vessels that you carry for exile, li'enehem, before their eyes. And go out at night before their eyes, as those who go out to exile. Again in verse 5, before their eyes, break through the wall, and carry the gear out through it. We ain't once again before their eyes. Al kotev tiso ba'alata, ba'alata totsi panecha techase, blotereh ta'aretz, ki mofet nitaticho levet Yisrael. Take it out in the dark, cover your face that you may not see the land. I make you a mofet, a sign, a portent to the house of Israel. And Yechezkel reports that he did what God had commanded him. In verse number seven, reports, I did what I was commanded to do. And the last word of verse number seven, before their eyes. So what he's doing, he's doing before their eyes, so they will see, despite the fact that they refuse to see, refuse to hear, perhaps. This sign, this behavior, will get them to change their way of thinking and to accept the fact that there's a prophecy of exile. And what's interesting here 
is that the very next section, which begins in verse number 8, which is a continuation, seems to have a particular reference. That's the way most of the medieval commentaries understand it, and it seems to be the plain meaning of the text. So let's read a little more, and we'll see the reference in the following verses. In the morning, the word of God came to me. Ben Adam, Hello, Amru Elecha, Beit Yisrael, Beit Hameri. O mortal, have the people not said to you, the rebellious ones, Martel said, what are you doing? And Maralehem, say the following. Koramar Hashem Elokim, Hanasi, Hamasa Hazeb Yerushalayim, Bechor Beit Yisrael, Asher Hema Betocham. This is an elliptical phrase. We'll translate it in the following way. Thus says God, Hanasi. This pronouncement, this prophecy concerns the Nasi. A Nasi is a prince or a leader. But in this particular case, it's fair to say that the Nasi, the leader that the text refers to, is the king of Israel. This particular Masa, this prophecy, is about the Nasi. Notice the play on the word Nasi and Masa. And this has relevance to the entire house of Israel. Say to them, Emor, Ani Mofetchem, say, I am the sign. Yecheskel says about himself, I am the sign. Kasher Siti What I did, Simbalvi going into exile, is what you, the people, will do. And in, in particular, the leader of the people, the Nasi, who is the king. The prince amongst them, Yisa, shall carry the gear on his shoulder as he goes out in the dark. He will break through the wall in order to carry gear out through it. He will cover his face because he himself will not see the land with his eyes. Now, the particular story that this recalls, and yes, it is true, that some of the details are not the same. But the story this reminds us of is the story of Tzidkiyahu, the king of Judah who was there during the destruction of the temple, the one who had sworn to Nebuchadnezzar to be faithful, but he breaks his promise, and he rebels against Nebuchadnezzar, and he attempts to escape when everything is crumbling around him, the temple is to be destroyed, everything is being decimated, and Sidkiyahu attempts an escape. He goes out, he sneaks out, as it were, through the walls of Jerusalem. He doesn't make a hole in the wall, but he leaves. And the story of Sidkiyahu's attempted escape, failed escape, is found both in the book of Yirmiyahu, it's in chapter 39 of Yirmiyahu, and it's also found at the very end of Sefer Mulachim. The two accounts are very similar. And, for example, in Yirmiyahu, chapter 39, it says the following, that after the Babylonians are coming to the city, this is chapter 9 of Yirmiyahu, verse number 4, so when Tzitiyahu saw what's happening, he ran away, or literally they ran away, and they run away at night from the city. 
through the way of the king's garden, through the gate, between the double walls, he set out towards the Arava, sets out towards the south, and by Yerdefu, in verse number 5, So the Babylonians, called the Kastim, chased them. He's captured by the Babylonian army. He's brought to Nebuchadnezzar, who speaks to him, puts him on trial. Remember that Tzikio had made promises, which he breaks. And the king of Babel slaughtered Tzikio's children. Before Birivloli enough before his eyes. And he slaughtered the leaders of Judah. And he blinded Sikiyahu. And he bound him in chains and he brought him to Bavel, where presumably he dies in Bavel blinded. So over here we don't have the going through the hole in the wall, but essentially it sounds like exactly the same story here in Yechezkel a prediction of what is to happen, and the particular focus is on the Nasi, the Nasi who we will be carrying gear, and the prophecy is a Masa, and precisely what happens. His face is covered, he will not see the land, so this is playing off the stories that appear both in Yirmiyot and Malachim about the king of Israel, Tzikyo, failed rebellion, and fair to listen to what Yermio has told him over and over again. And the Tzikyo of Yermio is not a terrible person per se, but more a frightened king and a weak leader. And his exile, his capture, his being blinded, exiled, family is slaughtered, that is connected here in the prophecy of Yechezkel to the people generally speaking. The prophecy is not per se only about the king. The prophecy is about the people. The Tanakh, the book of Kings, Sefer Mulachim, is about the kings of Israel. But it's equally about the people of Israel. The people who have chosen a king, the people who are represented by the king. So here, it is, once again, Yechezkel acting out the prophecy. They are rebellious people. They won't, If you just tell them directly, perhaps they won't, they refuse to listen. But through this dramatic action, of being in exile, of acting out the exile, the people will ask Cheskel, what are you doing? And this will give him an opportunity to explain what he's doing in very dramatic and very concrete ways. Perhaps, perhaps they will listen. This is the hope of the prophecy of chapter 12. Cheskel acts out the prophecy and then is called upon to explain it.